everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. My name is Heather Lawrence, and I'm joining in from Nashville, Tennessee. And welcome, Heather, to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, And uh, Heather, you are in Nashville, but you will soon be closer. Correct. That's correct. Would you tell everybody why? Yes, I would be thrilled. My position as the uh, Director of Campus Ministries at St. George's Episcopal Church in Nashville has come to a close, and I'm moving on to San Diego starting this summer with a clinical pastoral education program at UCSD. So I'll be a chaplain in palliative care this summer, and then I'm sticking around afterwards. You're not going to get rid of me. So I'm really excited to see you in person soon. Yeah, I'm excited to see anybody in person soon. I know, especially you. <laughs> I really appreciate yes. that. Yes. <laughs> On all levels. Yes. yes. This is a wonderful yeah. pre-meeting, but yes. an in-person meeting will be <laughs> highly anticipated. So exciting though. So exciting. So the beginning of June, you're going to move, right? Like That's a, correct. Like a month from now. Awesome. Yeah. Even less. Yeah. Well, uh, like all of our guests, we'd love to get to know a little bit more about you and what you're doing. So uh, would you share with us any and all of your ministry contexts uh, in Nashville? What what kind of stuff do you do there? Sure. So, like I said, I've been doing um, college ministry. I specifically was ministering to Belmont students, um, the students and campus of Belmont University for the last couple of years in a context of a local parish ministry. But before that, my background was in the Southern Baptist Church, and I used to do a lot of different kinds of ministries. I was a church planter. I did um, college ministry in that context as well, was a worship leader. Um, So all kinds of different backgrounds that have led me to where I am now. My, one of my favorite ministries that I have right now, honestly, is being a yoga teacher Mm. because that has been really, really transformative for my own um, spiritual journey Mm -hmm. is embodiment um, and the real beauty of slowing down and breathing and being one with my physical body mm-hmm. has really healed a lot of um, spiritual baggage and trauma that so many of us carry who've grown up in the church. So I would say that's honestly the thing that I'm the most excited about continuing to offer to mm-hmm. um, the church and the, really the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And you are also you also have a podcast. I do. Yes. Would you tell us about yes. Chick Monks? Yes. So I started a podcast called Chick Monks. Um, and really that was because I found there was a hole um, in the podcast world that I was craving to be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started to really go through a big faith transition myself, I found a draw to contemplative Christianity. And um, I'm a big podcast junkie. And so I kind of just would binge any podcast I could find that talked about contemplative Christianity. And the voices that I heard were overwhelmingly male. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes you just really want to hear a female voice Mm -hmm. talking about some of these things, talking about knowing God, talking about their spiritual practice. Um, And so I decided to do that. So the title of the podcast is very intentional, Chick Monks. It's a contemplative 
Christianity from a female perspective. And I would love, love to share that with some of you all. Um, it's primarily homilies right now of mine. And then I've also been interviewing some other contemplative uh, thinkers who are usually not male. <laughs> 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 so you could interview me, but not David. Yes, like maybe eventually David <laughs> right. can be included, but you have ways to, to go. Yeah, ways yeah. to go. Oh, uh, good. That's awesome. And I have I've listened. I listened to the most recent one, and the one before that was an extended interview with someone with a professor at Belmont. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So everyone should go out, check out uh, Chick Monks, subscribe to that. It is awesome. Uh, and hear more from Heather. Um, and so our second question, Heather, is up to the minute. Um, where did you see God in this past week? So as I mentioned, I'm in the middle of moving across the country, which is a wild thing to do in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. But it is the thing that um, the Spirit has led me to do right now. And so um, a lot of my last week has been on Zoom calls and phone calls with the good people of the Diocese of San Diego. And it has been incredible for me to see the body of Christ being the body of Christ mm -hmm. and being willing to support and include and connect with me and include, I said include already, but um, and welcome me in. And um, I've felt so loved already by a group of strangers. And that has definitely been the work in the face of God. So I'm deeply grateful for that. Awesome. Well, we are so excited, yeah. number one, to have you on the podcast this week. And number two, for you to be in San Diego so soon. Right. So be the best. thrilled. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we can, we'll show you around, right? Yeah. Yeah, from six sure. feet apart if we have yeah, to. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. great. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. Masks and all. All right. So thank you for sharing those things, Heather. And we are going thank to you. move to our discussion of the gospel uh, for this upcoming Sunday, uh, which will be the Sunday of May 17th, Easter 6. You guys, two weeks, two Sundays away from Pentecost. Can you believe it? Unreal. Um, so... Uh, but, but first, I want to, to remind you all that we would love to hear from you, have any uh, questions, hear any questions you have or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, or you can also find all the Faith2Go resources to use throughout the week, www.myfaith2go.org, or you can contact us through Instagram, follow us there at faith2go. So, Charlotte is going to read the gospel for this sixth Sunday of Easter, which is coming up, which is from John chapter 14, 15 through 21. And then we will each take a few minutes to highlight something we hope you take into your week of faith discussion or reflection. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. 
I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. All right. Short and sweet, Jesus. Short and sweet from Jesus. And so grateful. So grateful. So still so much to talk about. Uh, John John is just jam-packed with uh, you know, confusing statements from Jesus. So we're gonna get into it. Um, especially right here because this this like last week, um, this is this this is immediate immediately following the uh, verses from last week so last week ended on verse 14 this picks up at verse 15 in chapter 14 and all these chapters until we get to jesus's betrayal and arrest are in this section of john's gospel um called the farewell discourse uh to the disciples where he's speaking with his disciples getting them ready for what is about to happen and so here we have this very important section especially for the community of john from which this gospel is coming talking about where like the source of authority and guidance will come from when Jesus is gone. And remember, this gospel is the last gospel written, most likely at the end of the first century. And so we're like two generations now removed from Jesus, Jesus' ministry. And so this is, a, this is coming out of a community that's really trying to figure out where is our leadership and authority coming from now that like two, not only the eyewitnesses of Jesus's ministry have died, but the people that followed them and learned from them are also dying. And so now we need to know where is, where is the truth? You know, how do we, how do we move forward? Where are we going from here? And Jesus is saying, Jesus is answering that question, hopefully in this gospel, in this farewell discourse. And one other thing to say uh, about this section uh, is about pronouns uh, and about the, the gender of the pronouns that show up here. And Jesus is referring back to the advocate or the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, saying he and him. That is, that is grammatically just the pronoun agreeing with the noun. And in Greek, the, the gender of words isn't necessarily tied to their actual gender, but it's more grammatical. Uh, in nature. And so advocate is a masculine word, but spirit is a, you know, a neuter word. It doesn't have a gender. Uh, and then truth is a female word. So really, you could pick your pronoun here. They all would work. Uh, if you want to refer to whatever Jesus is referring to, the advocate is just, is just he and him because it's a masculine word. And so the mass and the pronouns have to be masculine to agree back to it in Greek. But again, this, it runs the whole gamut of gender pronouns, of gender identifiers, truth as, as female, advocate as male, spirit as neuter. So, you know, you can pick which one you want, which one makes you feel most comfortable, and you don't have to follow the translation exactly like it is for this section because there's all those options for you. Um, so that gets us to our first point, which is from Heather. Well, thank you for that context, David, because I think that's, that makes it even more powerful when I think about this passage, realizing that um, this was written generations after Jesus 
has been walking among people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the sense of, you know, the, the theme of light and dark in the gospel of John, um, even remembering that context, when I'm looking at this passage, I remember, you know, it, sometimes the world feels really dark mm-hmm. and confusing and chaotic and uncertain. And these words of Jesus are very, very important and life-giving in the midst of that, um, in the midst of doubt and confusion and chaos. And what I, what I see here is an invitation from Jesus to faith, where he's saying to his disciples, you are not like the world. Okay. Loving God makes you different. What you're after is not a life that makes sense to the world because they aren't going to understand And he says, you know, they can't receive me. They won't receive me because they don't understand me. But you, you love me. You know me. You're going to know when my spirit is here with you. And we're not talking about understanding. We're talking about faith. We're talking about faith and not knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and so I see this invitation to faith that the love and the familiarity you feel from the spirit, that's me. That's this love that you know with me and you can trust that because you have me with you. You have my love. You can do things that look crazy. You can believe things that look crazy to the world because they want answers. They want certainty. They want security in these very linear ways of thinking that have created what we know to be the world around us. But I'm offering you freedom from those things in faith. If you will trust me, if you will trust my love, and if you will remain with me, then your life is going to be free from all of those um, struggles and worries that burden the world with darkness. I'm offering you life and light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love, I, I also, this word, this word world, I think is, is important to think about because I think that it's not, I don't hear it. I don't hear Jesus saying the created like creation is, you know, your enemy because we can tie like creation and world together. What I hear Jesus like you're saying is it's like the things that we get caught up in that actually move us away from the abundance of life that that Jesus wants for us or that is available for us. That like the world is Jesus's way of talking about what other people might talk about as like you know, like the like preoccupations of the ego or like the small self or mm. like ways of inhabiting the world that like shrink our world down into something that keeps us stuck. Yeah, and I love that um, distinction that he says they can't receive him because they don't see him or know him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you do know him. I, I think the distinction between seeing and knowing is mm-hmm. a sense of like understanding, yeah. you know, you can know something without being able to understand it. And I think actually our deepest knowings, the things that we really know are, are true and good and beautiful. They often can't be articulated. They can't really be logically explained. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of knowing I think that, that faith that the spirit invites us into and that goes right into the point that I want to make about this, which is the, this idea of the spirit of truth. 
And so the, we just heard Jesus in last week's gospel talk about, refer to himself as the way, the truth, and the life. And last week we, ta- the last week we were talking about that as kind of Jesus' invitation to see these things not as kind of static, but as moving, as kind of ongoing, an ongoing journey, you know, that the way, the truth, and the life have, have to keep unfolding. You know, those are, those are, all those things are things that move, that, that have kind of like some sort of um, extended um, character to them. And Jesus drills down into the truth one here, talking about how truth has a spirit, you know, like that, that, the, that this advocate, this Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so if, it's a, if, it, if, it has, if truth has the same aspects and characteristics as the Holy Spirit, the way that Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, then this idea that one person or one group of people um, can fully contain the truth is crazy because the the spirit yeah. goes where yeah. it will <laughs> you know it, it's like the wind so if you can contain the wind then you can contain the truth for sure um but but i don't think it's clearly not possible um so if we have any sense that our goal is to like grasp and control the truth, Jesus is really trying to invite us to a different way of understanding than that, of saying this thing, this truth that I am is more like spirit than like an object that you can hold and have and give to someone else or hoard for yourself. Um, and so the whole point, I think, is that there's nothing about spirit and truth. There's nothing about truth that is meant to be kind of like stuck. And once we think we have it, once we feel like we've grasped it, that's exactly when it has slipped through our fingers and we've lost it. And so like you are saying that the, when we know things, we know them not in a like, I completely grasp them with my mind kind of way, but we feel them. We know the truth in all these different ways ways embodied and in our heart and in our in our mind at best um and it's really hard to articulate truth and so that's because i think when jesus is talking about spirit the spirit of truth he's inviting us on a journey of following the truth Mm -hmm. that we're like that we're Mm -hmm. we are invited to not to not walk around thinking that someday we'll have the whole truth, but that our whole life is this unfolding journey of learning and of, of, of being surrounded and holding gently the truth that we can, and that Jesus is safeguarding the Spirit's, the Spirit's work of revelation. Because if the truth can be completely known and understood, then there would be no more work of revelation to do. And that also yeah. can't be true. You know, that God, God is constantly revealing God's self to us in all these different ways in everything that is. And that the Spirit's work is to reveal things in us and to us. And that truth is ever kind of unfolding and growing and becoming uh, what it, you know, what it is. So uh, I just, I love that idea of, of Jesus inviting us to something that is much less certain, but much more life-giving. Well, and I think that then if we want to go to point three, which is my point, 
Um, I'm actually going to take us all the way back to verse 15, um, because while the meat of this scripture that we have for this week talks about the the spirit, and we've heard so beautifully reflected both by Heather and David what that can mean for us um, as we read it, I was really struck by this first statement in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And as I read it, I kept coming back to it and reading it again and again and thinking about it. Like, what does this mean? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He's not talking to the Pharisees or the scribes. Like he's in community. He's traveling right now with his disciples. So where does this if come from, right? Because like these are his friends. They've been traveling with him. They've watched him perform miracles. Um, They know how much he loves them. They know how much they they love him. Um, And then we get this if. And as we were talking about this before we got started, David said something that I've been chuckling about ever since he said it, which was, you know, when you read this, it almost sounds passive aggressive, right? (laughs) And yet we know that Jesus was not that. Jesus was not being passive aggressive to the disciples. Um, And I think that it's really a call for us to interpret it may be a little differently or to consider it as its whole substance and not to get so stuck on this word if, which I totally got stuck on this word if as I read it, right? So instead of reading it as if, if we read it as since, right? Because we know that we love Jesus. We know that the disciples love Jesus. But since you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, then we get to consider what that love is. Instead, instead of getting stuck on the if, we get to consider the love and the commandments, right? But what kind of love is Jesus talking about here? Is he talking about that agape love that led through all of his teachings and his work and ultimately his dying on the cross for us? Um, Is that what he's talking about? Is he talking about the call for each of us to love each other? Um, And what does that look like in all of this? And I think that especially in the current time in which we're living right now, we all have come to this tremendous revelation that love can look a lot differently than any of us ever thought it could, right? Mm -hmm. Like love can look like it always has the way you love a spouse or a child or members of your families. Love can look like this tremendous love that Jesus showed for all of us. Um, But love can also look like ministry looks right now, um, imperfect and yet perfectly holy in its imperfection. It can look like dogs popping up in the middle of worship services. It can look like babies crying in the background. Um, It can look like technology hanging up in the middle of whatever recording it is that you're trying to generate. And And yet we know that love lives in those things because we wouldn't continue to do them if we were not pouring our heart, our soul, our being into that, into that tremendous love. And so if Mm -hmm. I take that feeling, that interpretation of love, and I go back to this verse of, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, then I'm doing that, right? I am doing that. I am living that. I am breathing that in all of its glorious imperfection every single day. I am just doing the best I can to live in that love and to be in relationship with Christ in a whole other way than I ever thought I was going to be in relationship with Christ in a Mm -hmm. whole other way as we're heading towards Pentecost that I ever thought we would be church, Mm -hmm. right? Because as we're heading towards Pentecost right now, we are really having to own the fact that part of this time owns that the church isn't the building, the church is the people. That's right. And how are we called to be that? And how are we called to be that love in this time? Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think that 
then that if becomes a giant sense, that giant overpowering love for Jesus that we see in every single action that we're doing right now, even the ones that don't go the way that we intended them to go. That calls me back to uh, something that David mentioned earlier as well about this concept of ego death, really, like setting ego aside, letting the deception of this part of ourselves that has led us for so long into the ways of the world, allowing that to fall aside because that is so crucial for loving, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, until I can look at someone and ask, who is this person, instead of ask, who is this person to me? Yeah. If I can't do that, then I can't love them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and the required way to that is the cross. It's mm-hmm. death to the self. Right. It's laying myself down for the sake of others. How beautiful that the church is really being forced to do that right now, and having to check ourselves individually and corporately. Yeah. So that was three points. Uh, the first was Heather's, and it was about this faith, this kind of faith that Jesus is inviting uh, his disciples and us into, uh, that steps into the unknown, trusting, uh, trusting in that spirit of truth, that it will bring us somewhere. Um, the second one was mine, and it was about the, this, the nature of this spirit of truth, uh, and Jesus describing truth as spirit, uh, rather than something that we can hold or control or grasp. It is something that we have to be led by, that we have to seek that we can only hold ever gently and in a lot of different ways. And the third was Charlotte's, and it was about this kind of love that Jesus is describing that can look so many different, it can, it can have so many different ways of looking. And it, it is uh, expressed in so many different kinds of ways, especially now when we are, especially in times when we are genuinely trying to follow that spirit of truth and adapt and figure things out in love. So, uh, I commend this, we commend this uh, gospel to you, John 5, uh, 14, 15 to 21. If you would like, go back and read it again for yourself after having heard that discussion. See if anything new comes up for you. If you notice anything you didn't notice before, make sure to email us uh, any of your questions, comments, stories from your week of faith discussion, uh, faith2go at edsd.org. You can check out all the Faith2Go resources at www.myfaith2go.org and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Faith2Go. Thank you, Heather, for being here on the podcast this week. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy, and I can't wait to have more of these conversations with you in person soon. Yeah, it's going to be great. And thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We hope you have a great week leading up to uh, the Sunday of May 17th, uh, Easter 6th. And we hope you're getting ready for Pentecost in only a couple weeks. Uh, And then we'll be back in your feed next week uh, for the week leading up to May 24th. Thanks, everybody. Until then, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.